Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of CJ and the Duke. As always, I am your co-host, Robert the Duke Fedoric. And I am Corey, CJ Wesley. This episode is brought to you by ClearSky. ClearSky is a definitive identity governance and automation solution built natively on ServiceNow. Look, we've built a great digital world where we can plug and play people into our applications and information globally. Great for speedy operations, but can be a nightmare for risk, security, and governance, who are left asking, who has access to what? Who authorized it? Should they still have it? When's the last time we checked? This is why CJ and the Duke love ClearSky. All the benefit of a company with decades worth of ILM and IGA experience with a solution that's built natively on the ServiceNow platform, which you already trust. ClearSky, a better way to IGA. Check the description below for episodes CJ and I did on ClearSky, as well as how to contact them. All right, Corey, what are we talking about today? <laughs> hey, Duke, we're going to do something special today. Today, we're going to talk about our guilty conscience. We're going to talk about all those things that we've done over the course of our career that we probably shouldn't have done. We kind of knew at the time that we shouldn't have done, but we did it anyway. Yeah, man, I, I golf with a huge handicap. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't have a perfect track record. And I think maybe if you read between the lines a bit, sometimes the things I rant about most are maybe the things that I had the greatest sins in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good point, right? Because you, you don't learn nearly as much from your successes as you do from your mistakes. So if you take anything from this episode, it's to take stock of your mistakes and see what kind of value you can extract out of them. We're all about the value here on CJ and the Duke. So, Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and the thing about it, right? Why make the mistakes if you're not going to learn from them? Yeah, true. (laughs) It's all about getting that value, all about learning from mistakes. And hey, listen, you're going to make them. Like, (laughs) It's perfect. I've been at this for 14 years and it's just, you can't be right that often or rather it's very rare to be right that often. Dude, one of these mistakes I made just this year. <laughs> so, so it's not that these are all like early career mistakes. Right? Yeah. Like one of these things is something that I did just this year and I knew I shouldn't have done it while I was doing it. And <laughs> yep. but, um, You know, sometimes, you know, things conspire against you and you're put in that position and you either don't fight hard enough or you just let it go. Or sometimes you're just kind of back into a corner and you have to make that mistake, right? Whatever the reason, my point here is I made this mistake this year and I've been doing this for a long time. All right. You want to roll off with the first one? Yeah, no doubt. So one of the first things I did was I took on a project where I had an imperfect uh, match between my skill set and what the client needed. And this was way, way, way back. This is one of the earlier mistakes that I made. And it actually ended up turning out okay. But it was one of those situations that it really put me in a bad spot. So way, way early in my career, I was working with this huge organization. And everybody in IT probably knows this organization. But the organization is not in IT. And they wanted me to come in and do a discovery job for them. They wanted to roll out ServiceNow Discovery across their entire organization, which was a kind of national thing, like thousands, millions of nodes, whatever, a ton of mid-servers, the whole nine yards, right? And and so they brought me in here to do this thing. And what happened is that somebody else had already started it. And then that person had taken the job. And so they were rolling off. And so they needed me. Now, early in my career, I'd done discovery before. I was fairly you know, confident in my discovery skills, but I'd done discovery in my own infrastructure, right? As, a, as the person who owned the instance, as an employee of that company. So I had access to every single thing because I was in IT. 
right? I had God level permissions across the entire environment or most of it, mm. right? And the folks, and when I didn't have those permissions, right, I knew everybody who had those permissions and it was a walk across the corridor. Right? It was to a friend, yeah. To, <laughs> yeah, to a friend who also knew me for 15 years, right? <laughs> so to say I had internal trust, right? Like is an understatement. And so rolling out discovery there, what great, what perfectly, I'd never done it before then. And it went amazingly, right? And I felt like, oh yeah, I got some discovery experience. Absolutely, I can take this job for this, you know, huge billion-dollar company and roll mm-hmm. it out for them. And I get in there, and the first thing I realize is that I'm in way over my head. <laughs> you know, they 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 need custom probes, custom sensors. They need all kinds of scripting. They've got all kinds of devices that have never seen the light of day in a ServiceNow discovery mm-hmm. implementation. But they need all of this stuff in their ServiceNow instance and I'm the guy that's got to build it. <laughs> Man, let me tell you, I was I, I was floundering there. I don't know how I'm going to get to the end of this thing. But, you know, you double down. What do you do in those situations? Do you quit? And that's the situation I found myself in. It's like, do you quit now and just say, well, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not the guy for this. Or do you double down on it and you and you crack open the book? <laughs> you know, and, and at that time it was the wiki still. You crack open the wiki and then you get on with it. Right. I chose mm-hmm. the ladder. I cracked open the wiki. I got on with it. Right. And I built them a reasonably good implementation. Um, I didn't get to the end of it, though, because the original guy didn't like the place that he went to. So he quit <laughs> 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 and he came back and there right. and and yeah. And so he was like, hey, um, and we were all backfilling his team. Right. So this is an internal conversation with him at this point because he's back on the team. He's mm-hmm. like, hey, man, I can take that thing back over for you if you want. I know it's tough. I was like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no problemo. <laughs> Here you go. So I got bailed out a bit on that one. But I, I mean, I was holding my own until then. But man, uh, it was tough. It was tough, Duke. <laughs> well, I got a question for you on that. Because I think more than a couple times we've said on the podcast, get in over your head. Mm-hmm. And go slay a dragon. Looks hopeless. <laughs> yeah. But dragon slayers get all the glory, right? So how would you tell the difference between this is over my head and I should take it or nah, dude, nah, don't. (laughs) Like, (laughs) nah, (laughs) let this one go. Yeah, scale? Scale, yeah. That's for me, like where I draw the line on whether or not this is something I should do or something that I shouldn't do or can't do with somebody else's money, right? (laughs) Or would you say, let me ask it this way too. Okay. How much stronger are you in what ways after having that experience? Yeah, that's a good question. I ended up way stronger in discovery because of that. It made me really tighten up all of my um, upfront processes. You know, a lot because a lot of discovery is working with other folks, as I kind of alluded to, in order to ensure that you have the right credentials to access devices, to ensure that you know where the devices live, to ensure that you know what types of devices. Right, there's a lot of upfront kind of planning with a discovery project before you get into it. This made me really tighten those things up and get into them because I had to think about this from the perspective of a person who doesn't have internal access to their network as an untrusted kind of agent. So that made me really reframe the way that I start discovery projects. It also made me uh, a bit stronger in doing things a, a bit out of the box or a bit, or actually, let me say not out of the box, a bit outside of the box, right? That's yeah, a little yeah. bit more custom. So yeah, I ended up a, a much better discovery um, engineer because of it. But man, I don't know. For me, I learn when I get that kind of that that adrenaline rush going, right? Yeah, like that, yeah. oh my God, you're going to die. And it's like, okay, I don't want to die. 
<laughs> so so what's next like what can we do next to avoid dying and and so a lot of that is okay all right well we know you know you know discovery so calm down you've done discovery before so when you can say that to yourself like when you put yourself in a situation and you can say all right calm down you've actually done itbm before maybe you didn't do it in this way or you yeah. didn't do it for a client like this but it's okay you've done this before let's figure it out right so that's to me like the difference between when you should go in and slay that dragon versus when you shouldn't. If you you can't take on a project that's outside of your outside of your capabilities in too many different dimensions, right? It can't be outside of your capabilities in scale. Can't be outside of your capabilities in in raw knowledge. Mm-hmm. It can't be outside of your capabilities in raw experience all at the same time. Yeah, I'm I'm really struggling with this one because you can't tell the future, right? And right. you, can, you can look at it up front and say, like, I, I'm like the wrong person for this job, which I have right. literally explicitly told people. And they just <laughs> said, no, no, you're wrong. We want you. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't know yourself. <laughs> that's right. And so, like, how do you. So I guess what I'm saying is you could get a guilty conscience from I didn't deliver what I hoped to deliver because I wasn't ready. But no matter how you got into that position you can still come out of it way stronger. Like this isn't the jungle. This isn't a battlefield. Mistakes aren't going to cost you your life. So right. anything, even if you are in the deepest, deepest shit, <laughs> 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 there's only benefits afterwards, unless you're doing something like illegal or non-compliant yeah, yeah. or whatever. That, But anything else, no matter how bad it is, only future muscle. Do I mean, and that's absolutely right. So I mean, absolutely feel guilty about it, but at the same at the same um, at the same time, make take advantage of the fact that you're here now, right? Like, yeah, man, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, I, sh- I probably shouldn't be here, but I'm here now. What do I do, right? Yeah. And you know, like well, you said, it's all it's all future muscle, right? So build it. Mm-hmm. So I'll just jump into my first guilty conscience. One is is kind of a similar situation. Like I had this company called Wolfpack. There was a catastrophic failure to that company and I let it go and I mustered up with a partner. I'm not going to name names here. They were awesome. You know, they took me on, but I, I kind of subtly warned them that like CMDB and asset management aren't my forte. Right. Right. And, and they sent me on one of those jobs a week later. Right. It was like, go, go yeah. do a CMDB workshop. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's like, it's, it's out of my control. So I'm not sure like. Maybe I shouldn't feel guilty, but I do. And I think I feel guilty because I just, I let despair take over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I had a huge network, which came to my rescue, right? Yeah. And taught me everything I needed to do, like a CMDB or an asset management workshop. Um, hold on, man. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Say, say that part again, because that I, I, I think there's a whole lot of value in it. Say that part again. What, about having a network that yeah. came to help me out? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean it was it was a huge blessing. I handed in a lot of chips that day. <laughs> <laughs> but you had the chips. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I had the chips and hand it for it, man. That's the thing, right? That's why we do this, right? That's, it's true. Don't kid yourself. There is a currency that is not money in our ecosystem. Absolutely. Where somebody will stop their own billable hours to like jump on a call with you and help you with your thing. Not everybody can just do that, but everybody can do it. Right. You know what I mean? Like I do. You, you can't just walk in and do it. You can pay a toll and do it. Anyways, like 
you see what I mean though? Like I didn't realize that I had the chips to make that happen. And I was like, all I could think of was how bad this thing is going to blow up in my face. Right. And I think there is guilt there. So if there's anything I could have done better, oh man, so they're all coming into my head now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I should have, because I had a couple business days before I had to go there. And it was just like, everybody was new to it. Or rather, I was new to their company, right? But they were right. also a new company. So I should have sat down with their delivery managers and say, listen, how do you guys do CNDB workshops? Right. I could have, right. I could have had all kinds of prep, but instead I was like, how do I do a workshop and just squirreled away in my own cave trying to figure out CMDB all by myself, right? Yeah. And and so why would you say you did it that way? Um, but, It's how I'm wired. Yeah. Like for big things, if I look at it, I'm like, oh my God, how do I do this? And it's just, I'm automatically in a bubble without thinking about it. I have to get like really close to danger zone before I say, I got to call somebody. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and, and to, that, to that extent, it's kind of like the episode we did, like, how do I get help? Yeah. It's just, I got, I have to be convinced that I've exhausted my options before I ask somebody else for theirs. Man, I am the same way. And I just don't know that is good for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it, it's clearly not a black and white thing. You got to have a gray area and say, cause you definitely don't want to just do the opposite. Right. And just say, Oh my God, I got a big thing to do. Let me call somebody. Right. Sit and ponder that stuff. Sweat over it a bit. Yeah, right. I mean, look, there's a there's a lot of information out here in the, in the ServiceNow ecosystem. We put some of it out there, and you get into the into that space where it's like, oh man, I don't, I don't know what do I do here, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to you gotta bang your head against it for a little while at least to try to figure it out. Like, you know, maybe I don't need some help, but sometimes you do get your back up against the wall, like in that position you were, right? And yeah, and then you made the call. I got a totally different one. Yeah, go for it. Uh, for guilty conscience. And this is like anybody who's thinking about going indie or anybody who's been indie for a short amount of time, ponder this well. Taking on too many customers. Oh, you know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. you can't help it, right? It's not like these things come in in nice, even slots 40 hours here, 40 hours here, 40 hours here to make a full year of work. We know it doesn't happen that way. Yeah. Um, but there are people out there who they'll take everything on. They could be working 80 hour weeks and they'll just say, yeah, I'll take, I'll take the contract. And yeah. a lot of it has to do with this idea that I'm fully capable of working 40 to 80 hours a week, right? I can make that decision and I can just do it. But your customers don't make the same decision. Ooh, good point. They might not be content with the Monday to Friday, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. band. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. That's. I mean. That, yeah. That's. That's. I mean. That's pretty fair, right? They might not be re be okay being relegated to doing like everything out of hours. Good point. You, and and you can't slot them anywhere. And it's it's worse than that. It's it's worse than just you can't squeeze everybody into seven to nine p.m. Everybody, everybody wants nine to eleven a.m. Monday to Friday. That's what they want. Seriously. Nobody wants anything else. So basically you can have 10 customers in each of their preferred bands is that one band of ours. So anyways, yeah. I'm, I have a guilty conscience because for a couple of years, I just treated everything as an hour, as an hour, as an hour. Yeah. And I took too many customers on. I think the second part of this is that we are not machines. And I have utmost respect for people who like labor with their bodies through the day. Yeah. And spend, you know, eight hours swinging a hammer. That's a hard life, right? Absolutely. Eight hours climbing on a roof. That's hard life. But 
eight hours of cognitive output isn't a walk in the park either. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't be at prime thinking condition and prime cognitive output for 80 hours a week. Like you just can't 60 hours a week. Even you, you Dude, like somebody's going to get the ass end of your hours. Right. I mean, it is it's difficult. Absolutely. Right. Like I've been in that position where I've been juggling, you know, four or five clients. Right. And mm-hmm. tough. It's absolutely tough. And I've also been in a position where I had to come in and bail out a buddy because they were in over their head with too many clients. And in this case, the buddy actually was working for a partner. So he, this person wasn't actually in control of their hours. Mm, they that's were, terrible. Right. Like the partner was just giving them too much work. Now, this person was a rock star, right? Really, really good service in, in, in the service ecosystem. But there's only so much you can do in the amount of time that you have to do it. And mm-hmm. this project got to the to the to the end of the rope. Um, there was a, a client demo that was due. Client demo couldn't happen because the work wasn't done. And that's when I got the phone call and I came in and, and then I, I knocked it out the park, but I knocked it out the park because I didn't have five projects on my, on my plate at the time. Yeah. Like, you know, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a situation where, where this, uh, where this person, this person couldn't do the work, right? It was a situation where this person literally didn't have enough hours to do the work. And, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, I think. Again, because there's guilt there means there's fault. There's something I did wrong. And in this case, it was, I just had too many yeses going on. And I feel like I had one customer I built a custom app for, which it was, the the app was awesome, but it was also like excruciatingly important. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? It wasn't the most complex app out there, but it it was kind of like one of those, you can't fail. Can't fail once. Okay. That makes it, yeah, that makes it super (laughs) complex, actually. (laughs) Because we we don't, we we don't do a whole lot of stuff in service now that can't fail once. Yeah. It like it was, it was in the compliance area and it was like compliance to like government entities. And so like somebody was going to audit them and okay. it was going to have like serious executive repercussions. Right. If so, anyways, it was like really close to go live. We did something to test and it, it like didn't work in test. And it was like on, on oh. their clock, it was just what the heck? What if it, you know, it just undermines all the confidence. And I right. feel if they weren't number four on my date, my to-do list today, I would have caught what went wrong. It took us like five seconds to figure out what went wrong and fix it. Right. But that five seconds cost me all kinds of credibility, all kinds of credibility. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. Right. Because it's like that extra five seconds that you could have devoted to them before they saw it would have prevented you from losing like their trust. Yeah, that's right. Like, and going back to the whole like, you can't squeeze that much. Everybody who's been to the gym knows you can't just max rep the entire day. <laughs> like, your arms will literally fail; they'll just stop working. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and dude. so, and your brain's the same way. It's like you you won't be able to focus. You won't get the attention. You won't have the cognitive processing ability. Sorry, I'm totally ranting. No, man, this is a good one. I, I'm I'm going to build on it a little bit, right? Because I'm seeing a lot on Twitter with folks super new to the ecosystem, taking on multiple gigs. I applaud that, right? I'm all about get your money. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I I get it. But I also want to point out that working two, three gigs, four gigs, when you're new to the ecosystem, probably is going to seem easy in that first three months, right? Because everybody understands that you're new and everybody understands that you're ramping up, right? But at a certain point, 
there's a, a going to be a switch that flips, right? Where folks are going to start to expect a certain level of quality expertise, et cetera, from you, right? Mm-hmm. And put it this way, right? It's a lot easier to carry three projects when they're in easy mode. It's a whole lot harder to do that to carry three projects when they've switched to hard mode. Oh right? man, tell me and about it. And you're new. <laughs> yeah, this one app that we were just talking about, it was winding down. It's like, we're almost at go live and then it's just going to be like hypercare support or whatever, right? So I should have, like, I might be getting two, three hours a week out of them. So I need to have something in place so I stay at my max hours. Right. And I had that. So the last thing I needed was for this thing to fall apart at the finish line. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like, you're leading back, you're like, I'm tired. Then they get the phone call. What the fuck's yep. wrong with this thing? <laughs> <laughs> so, right, and what do you do then? Because you're ready to crack open a cold one. You're good. It was like, <laughs> I push it out, I'm done. I feel good. And then you realize I'm not done. You're not and not only am I not done, this is where the work begins. Because it's broken now. So this mm-hmm. isn't simply I'm doing this in a vacuum, right? Where I can do it at nine o'clock at night or three o'clock in the morning or noon on a Saturday, right? This is like, it's broken now and they know it's broken. So they mm-hmm. want it fixed as soon as possible. Yep. That's a that's a different level of balance, right? <laughs> Why don't we t- tell them how to mitigate this as well? Because sometimes it's just going to happen to you if you're an Indian, yeah. right? It, like yep. as careful as you might be. So honesty is the best policy and- if I'm looking for fractional work, like I'm not looking for a 40 hour week, I'm looking for a 10 hour week or a 20 hour week, right? Yep. I'm super upfront with my clients about it. I tell them like, I have this many other contracts and these are the bands that I put them in. Like, I don't lie to them and say just the, the work is going to get done. I tell them the work is going to get done in this band. And if you're okay with that, it's okay if you're not, that's where the work's going to get done. Absolutely. Transparency and honesty, right? That goes a long way to mitigating this stuff. And look, if you're an indie, your clients know that you don't work for them, right? So they have to understand that this is a business arrangement and they will understand it as a business arrangement if you tell them. (laughs) That's the key. If they need butts and seats for 40 hours a week from nine to five, maybe you're not the right person and that's okay. The key to all of that though is making sure upfront that they understand how you work and you understand how they work and then both of you understand whether or not it's a match. There's a lot of service now work out here, right? Like there's going to be a client who won't care that you're coding at three o'clock in the morning, right? There's going to be a client that won't care that you're doing most of the delivery during the, over the weekend, but there will be some clients that care, right? And they, you should, you should find a better alignment, allow them to go elsewhere and find different resources that fit with the time scale that they're looking for. So we have time for one or two more. I'll kick on this one a little bit. I let the client drive the implementation and This is fairly recent. And so this isn't Corey with two years of experience consulting or anything like that. This is CJ, right? (laughs) This is CJ coming in and having done this for almost 10 years and prepping for the CTA course. I've got a a little bit of, of something under my belt. And I still made this mistake because when you get in a situation, sometimes it makes it hard not to make this mistake. So we were running a implementation for a client and they've actually tried to implement ITSM three different times. This is the third time that I'm helping them with, and they fired their first two implementation partners. They haven't been able to get successful with ServiceNow over like three implementation partners. I'm in there and I'm like, yeah, no, I'll get you to the finish line. We got this. This is easy. This, you know, 
But then you don't realize that there's a culture thing, right? This is a government client and they want to do things their way. Problem is doing things their way often leads to a failed implementation, which is why they fired their previous two implementation partners, right? <laughs> like they've been causing their own calamities. And so, you know, I come in and I and I tell them that. It's like, hey, Lo, this you're doing it wrong. This is not the way that we do things, best practice, leading practice, whatever practice you want to, adjective you want to put in front of practice, right? This is not how we do it. It's like, let me help you, right? And so, you know, I did the workshops. I had, I talked to the people. This was great. We're, we're getting somewhere. We're getting, we're getting processes outlined. We're starting to understand resource management, all of this kind of good stuff, right? We're getting there. And then I'm like, okay, great. So let's populate the data, the foundational data into the instance. Crickets. Well, that's not our team. Oh, okay. Well, let me know who you talk to, right? Like, who, who do we talk to? Let's get them in here, right? That team's backed up like nine months of work. Like, what? Like, look, we can't we can't build a ServiceNow instance without data, right? Like, we can't, like, there's no way. Like, we we need data in here. And it's like, can we just save that for the end of the, of the process? I was like, how do we, like, how do you do that? How do you build out processes with no groups? Right. Like, how do you how do you define VIPs when you don't have users? Right. Like, it's like it's like there's so much, you know, uh, locations. Right. Like, how do you do location specific um, uh, um, um, catalog requests? Right. When you don't have locations like on and on and on and on. Right. And so, yeah, man, being who I am. Right. I'm like, uh, you know, this is a little bit of uh, ego got in. Like, all right. We can do this. Right. Oh, oh, yeah. All right. No problem. Mm. I've been here before. Like, it will cowboy up. Right. All right. So we'll we'll create like all of these kind of temporary things, right, that we can code against, like temporary entities, I guess is what we'll call them. And yeah, so the processes work because we coded everything to be happy path. We got four users in, in the table. It's fine. Right. Two of them are VIPs. One of them is this. And we can, you know, and, and it all works fine. We got three departments. None of them are real, but they're and all, on and on and on. Right. And so we get to the end of it. And we were like, okay, all right, so we need foundational data now. We need to go be able to go in here and, and tack it in. They're like, well, we're in the middle of a implementation with our new single source of truth for data. And so this thing's still months out. We don't know how it's going to look. We don't have a schema. We don't have our... So suffice it to say, like, we're at the end of the ServiceNow implementation, but we still don't have data and we don't know when we're going to get data. At this point, you can't go live. There's no going live because there's nothing here in the instance to code against. It doesn't work. and had I pushed harder in the beginning and said, no, we need data. I don't care how you figure it out. I don't care if you figure out, you know, master's Excel spreadsheets that ultimately get ingested into the, to the instance, right? Like we need foundational data before we build. I didn't do that. Screwed it up. And oh, I, they're still digging out. <laughs> What's the thing that you could have done better? I know better, man. That's, that's what I could have did better, right? Mm -hmm. Like I know better. We shouldn't have gotten through that process without having foundational data. And I know that we could have started a little bit without foundational data, but we don't build for months without having foundational data. And we definitely don't get to the point where we're ready to go live and we still don't have it. Right. I know better. I've actually experienced that problem before. Yeah. I didn't learn from my own mistake. It was one of those things because like, I know you need users, groups, locations, departments, so on and so forth in order to kind of get this thing done in, in order to right, go right. live. And I didn't listen to myself. I didn't listen to the mistakes that I made. I allowed the client to dictate the direction of the project and they're not the expert. I am. And even if they have all of these astounding business cases about why they shouldn't do it this way, or we should do it this way. I, I should have told them no, it's a line in the sand. Right. Okay. Just my last one in here too. 
you hear me rant all the time about document, 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 document. Like, why do you think that is? Because I burnt myself by not documenting stuff. <laughs> my first ServiceNow gig, I was a customer, right? So I probably didn't think I needed to document because I'd just be there forever building. And, <laughs> and so I didn't really document what I did. And except for one thing. And within a year, all of us kind of moved on to different places. And the people who had to step in for us just, it was pie on their face. I made somebody else eat a shit sandwich because they couldn't figure out how we did this kind of stuff, right? Right. And so I projected harm on somebody else because they had to do the hard work and look bad by not being able to administer this system. Except for that one thing that I did document, which they did just great on. I've Man, been that awesome. person, but I've also caused that person, right? So that's a huge guilty conscience for me is not documenting. And it, from a purely selfish perspective too, guilty conscience for not documenting because you ever have those like great little code things that you build, even if it's not for delivery, it's just something that you did for practice or in my yeah. case for a video or something. And it's just in my mind, I don't think I should just have, have a giant code repository where I just keep that stuff. Yep. Like a real dev, right? But I, you know, in my defense, I'm not a real, like I, I haven't been a real dev. But Tim Woodruff's like, oh yeah, I just, I built a script for that eight years ago and just whoop, up in his app that stores all this kind of stuff. And he just like pulls this thing out of thin air. And I'm just like, whoa, that is such a great idea. And I'm still not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what did we learn here today, dude? <laughs> Some faults persist. <laughs> <laughs> but man, it's so true, right? Like, it's like, ah, I'm still not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> man, that, but that's so true. That's so true, dude. One thing I want to call out, though, is that why don't you think you're a real dev? Well, you know, I say that kind of tongue in cheek. I think if ServiceNow imploded tomorrow, I wouldn't become a dev. I bet you would. I bet you would. I, I, if I did, it would be on another low-code platform. There you go. That's where I was going, right? I was going to say, so I bet maybe you won't be like a React dev or like a vanilla JavaScript dev or whatever, but I bet you'd find another ServiceNow-esque platform that marries process with code yeah. and you go there and kill it. I think speed is a part of it too. Like I made a wallet once out of leather. Uh, yeah. I love letter working, right? It took me like two evenings, <laughs> you know, right. to get it done. And it's not complicated at all. And it's like, am I a leather worker? No, I'm not. Because somebody who's doing it as a living, if they couldn't crank that thing out in two hours, <laughs> right, it's not worth their time. So to me, it's like I can develop, but I'm not what I would call a professional developer. When I say I'm not a real dev, I'm not a professional dev. That right. Sense. Anyway, don't go down that rabbit hole because we're at 35 minutes. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> I'll let you slide out of that one. <laughs> well, folks, as always, it's been a pleasure talking with you all. conscience. <laughs> Thanks. See you on the next one. CJ and the Duke is hosted by Robert the Duke Fedoric and Corey CJ Wesley. We are both freelance vendor agnostic ServiceNow experts who can help you in three different ways. If you want a true consigliere in your corner for your ServiceNow implementation, if you want to tell your customer story on CJ and the Duke, or if you want your brand in front of the largest independent ServiceNow podcast community, check the links below for how to contact us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Yeah.